0: Hello everyone welcome back to another episode of Blind Love Radio. I am your host Anna Rosen and today I have another fabulous episode. And did you love the peaches song? By the Presidents of the United States of America. I believe that is their title. Yes, it is. I'm looking at the YouTube vid right now. Shout out to them. 90s bands for life. Anywho, I just felt like it. I don't know. I just, the cosmic download of the Peaches song came in strong, guys. Just feeling it. Are you feeling it? Because I'm feeling it. Anyway, we have Carolyn on the podcast of Duff Tarot on Instagram. D-U-F-F-T-A-R-O-T. And you can find her there. Definitely connect with her. Give her some love. Send her any questions you have because she is a wealth. Of information holy cannoli like I don't know how she knows so much mystical powers maybe for sure definitely mystical powers I had so much fun talking with her oh my goodness like she knows so much technical detailed information it almost made my brain explode, so make sure you hold on to your brain for fear that it might jump away out of your body because of all of the new neuropathways that are going to be ignited from this combo. <sighs> that was a lot. That was really hyping this up, but it really is that good. Um, It was just a lot of fun. We get into like a lot of nitty gritty about tarot numerology lenormand um she talks about like so many different decks so many different like links between numbers and different um patterns and the way she uses the cards and she's a teacher so that totally like comes out Through her practice and the way she talks about tarot and the way she uses it and Um, ah, I just loved it. I left this conversation so inspired And I know you guys are gonna love it And how are you guys doing just in general? Um With aquarius season aquarius, how do you feel about aquarius? I feel kind of Like, my nervous system is very intense. Honestly, I feel a little vulnerable. I feel like more people are starting to listen to the podcast. And I feel a little vulnerable about being seen by so many people. It kind of makes me want to, like, go and hide and, like, what the fuck am I doing? But I love you guys. I love this podcast. I love doing this. And I feel like this is just a part of the process. And I think Aquarius season is just really illuminating that. Like the whole sign houses, I think are really where it's at. I'm really like stepping into that as being my truth. Because Aquarius and whole sign houses would be my fourth house, which is like your private life, your home. And I kind of just want to like be at home and be private And just like be by myself But I also want to share It's kind of, if I feel a little conflicted Does anybody else feel like that during Aquarius season? Um, I'm usually like, look at me, like I love attention Which I'm okay to say, like I have a Leo Midheaven Um But at the same time, I'm like, let's go hide. Let's snuggle away from all of the people. I don't know. I'm a very conflicting human, even to myself. I don't understand myself. If you guys understand me, let me know right in. (laughs) Um, But I hope that you guys are enjoying the pod. I feel like episodes have been coming out a little bit slower because of all of this, um, perhaps inner t- turmoil. Maybe that's why. Um, also I've just been a little bit busier. I feel like the scorpioness of me has kind of been put on hold a little bit for more of like the Taurus parts of me. Like I've really been enjoying like my hair life, doing hair, riding on my bike, like enjoying a nice meal, relaxing. Like those have kind of been the highlights right now. But I've been doing a ton of interviews. So I have a ton like stacked away in my computer and I've been releasing them little by little. Um, So just be patient. You know what? I'm kind of going with the flow of the seasons and this is is where I'm at. I'm not going to judge myself for how quickly I put these things out. Because really, does it matter? No. Like, divine timing, right? Trust in the right time. Everything is right on time, people. If you haven't heard that lately, you are right on time. And everything is going to be okay. I know that might sound like spiritual bypassing, but sometimes you just need to hear that everything's going to be okay. I was, like, kind of anxious last night. And I was watching TV. I was watching like this YouTube video, and on the YouTube video, there was like this little sign on somebody's calendar that said everything's gonna be okay. And I was like, Thank you, God. Like, I needed that. I needed that stupid little sign. And it made me feel immensely better, like, way more than a little calendar caption probably should make you feel. But it made me feel amazing. So I'm hoping that I'm passing on the message to you guys. It's all good. It's all good, baby, baby. All right, peeps. I'm going to get into this without any further ado and enough of my neurotic ramblings. I love you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so grateful that you're listening. I hope you enjoy this episode with Carolyn and i'm sending you lots and lots and lots of smooches oops that was crickets i meant to do (laughs) i meant to do the fun star now we have to wait for the crickets to stop okay this one ah all right let's get into the episode Okay, so go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone.
1: Uh, So my name is Carolyn. I go by Duff Tarot on Insta. I keep my Insta pretty uh, non-personal, like I don't put pictures of myself or anything because it's my one public Instagram. I'm a middle school teacher and like we're not allowed to have students be in our social media and I, a lot of them found my crafty Instagram, so I had to make it private. And I wanted to be able to like participate in challenges and stuff. So this is my public Insta. That's kind of like hidden. <laughs> like I don't tell anybody about it or link into anything. Um, I'm a middle school language arts teacher. Uh, I'm a career changer. So I've only been teaching about eight years. I got a master's degree in literature a long time ago. And then I tried to work in publishing and I worked in finance and, um, I did that stuff for a really long time. And then, I decided to go into teaching like later
0: and that's what I'm doing. I love that. (laughs) I love people who change careers.
1: I don't know. It's uh, thinking about maybe having to change again soon. I don't know.
0: I feel like it's like part of the journey. I don't know. (laughs) I've always been envious of people who like know exactly what they want to do. Yeah, Um, I don't
1: get that. I've never been like, it's never been, oh, I want to be this thing or I want to do this thing like when I went to grad school out of undergrad, I just wanted to keep reading books. Like I wanted to keep reading books and poems and studying them and stuff like that. I didn't have like, I didn't want to be a college professor. I didn't have some big game plan. Um, So when I got my master's degree, I was working in finance, like as an assistant during the day because at NYU grad classes are all at night. Um, So I had a job just as like a secretary and it paid a lot, you know, and I was like, okay. And I, after I got my master's, I went into publishing and it was twice as much work for half the pay. And I was like, yeah, this sucks. (laughs) I went back to working in finance and I kind of just like, I read books all the time. I use my degree that way. You know, I wasn't in it for like a job really. Um, and the finance stuff, you know, it paid a lot. I paid off my student loans for my first master's degree. I traveled a lot. I did a lot of stuff. Um, and then eventually it was just like, I don't know, my job got worse and worse. There were more and more like regulations and it just got to be a place that wasn't very fun to be. Um, and originally I wasn't even going to be a teacher. There's like, when you go into teaching, like if you already have your teaching certificate, you can get an additional like reading specialist certificate, but there's another line alongside that. That's just like research. So I was like, Oh, I'll just become an education researcher. Right. So I started taking those classes and you have to observe in people's classrooms, you know, like to observe different things. And as I was observing in rooms and watching people work with kids, I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Like, this is where the magic happens. Um, so I switched strands and then started teaching. It sounds it's
0: still extremely
1: like, spiralic. <laughs> it's still not like, oh, this is the thing I was meant to do. Like, I definitely have friends that are like, teaching is everything. And I'm like, I mean, there are good days and bad days. I feel like maybe there's been more bad days recently. It's a rough job.
0: What are you looking towards maybe in the future doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like even like these things that the public doesn't get, like I don't get paid over the summer at all. We don't get social security and the state has destroyed our pension fund. So people are like, well, teachers have all these perks. It's like, do, do we <laughs> like some states are different but in illinois you know by the time i'm retiring from teaching there not, might not be any money in that pension fund and then i won't be getting any social security so
0: you know it's
1: like i
0: don't know Ah, oh, so stressful <laughs> yeah so how did you get into tarot well you know i'm pretty sure that i bought
1: a tarot deck like A long time ago when I lived in New York, I had bought like some old tarot deck that was like, it came with explanation of how to play Taroki, the game. And I was all like, oh yeah, I'm going to learn this or something. And I don't know, I think I lost it when I I moved once or something, or I never found anyone to play it. So I kind of forgot about it. And then I'm a huge fan of the author, Maggie Stiefader. What did she write? She writes like YA sci-fi and fantasy So she had written this, uh, a trilogy about um, people who are werewolves. And then she she wrote a trilogy about, um, it's like these five or four university boys. And then this girl whose mom is kind of a witch. And they're kind of searching for this, this tomb of this famous English king, Glendower. And there's all this stuff in there about tarot and stuff because the girls, like, the mo- girl's mom, aunt, and a bunch of friends all live in the same house and, like, read tarot for people and do psychic stuff. And so Steve Vader made a tarot deck that was, like, it's not really based on the book, but it was, like, it came out with the name The Raven's Prophecy, and the series is called The Raven Cycle. And the Arden is really amazing. So, at first, I just bought it because I was, like, this is gorgeous, you know? Like, she's amazing. I love everything she does. And at first I would always try to like, and this is obviously a stupid mistake that I'm sure lots of people make and then give up on tarot, right? I would like lay out whole huge spreads and be like, okay, well, what does this card mean? What does that card mean? What does this card mean? And just be like, it could mean anything. (laughs) Like like spread of 10 cards when you don't really know the cards, it's like every card has 27 meanings, you know, you can't pin it down. Um, So I kind of just set it aside for a while. It was just like a random thing that was sitting around my apartment. And then I think it's about a year and a half now or two years ago, just like teaching was really stressful. And like, I've had a lot of my friends that I, so I moved to Chicago like 13 years ago and I had been in New York for a really long time. And I made a bunch of friends when I moved here and then they moved away. And then I made some new friends and they moved away, you know, so I'm kind of in like a down period of like everyone I was really close to moved away. Teaching was very stressful. And I was just like, you know, fooling around one day and I was like, no. I'm going to like really learn this this time. So I started literally pulling, you know, one card a day and journaling. Like I would look up like the traditional meaning in tarot. And then I would look up the meaning in Steve Vader's book. And then I would look at the art and write what I thought about the art. And then I would look at um, like Carrie Mallon's website. She has a whole write-up for the entire wild unknown. But I just looked at the meanings, you know, based on like the stuff she said that wasn't about the art. And then I would, you know, at the end of the day, I'd be like, oh, how did I see this? You know, and I just started doing that. And it's like funny because sometimes, you know, like when sometimes you're just like, how does this reading even apply? But it was no matter what, it was like 15, 20 minutes every day where I was just completely relaxed. And even if I got nothing else out of it, right, I had this just calm time where I was just like looking at a pretty picture and thinking about what could it possibly mean and how are the images, you know, woven in here. And it just became something that became calming.
0: I love that. (laughs) How, um, when you started writing and like reflecting on the cards you pulled, were there any that really differed from like the traditional meanings and like a really fun manifestation of what happened? Well, sometimes it was like, I would be looking at the art
1: first and I would come up with an idea about it. And then I would read her meaning and then I'd be like, oh, that's really like not what I got out of it. Right. Like, um, like the four of pentacles, right. Where everyone is like, you know, you're holding really tightly on and you're like almost smothering it. Right. And her three, her four of pentacles has like this really thick root of like all these branches tangled together. And when I looked at, it, I was like, this is, like, so incredibly stable. Yeah. And, like, that is one of the meanings for the fours, but that's not what people concentrate on with RWS so much, right?
0: Grounding.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or, like, um the Ten of Wands, it has a big, uh, like, deer's horns or whatever. And I was, like, this is so majestic and strong. And then RWS is, like, Ten of Wands is, like, so heavy, you know? um. So it was interesting, like, when I started doing that, like, right when I started – I had been reading like single cards and then maybe moving up to two cards and stuff. And I started watching a ton of, um, the YouTube Insta, you know, Insta community videos. Um, and Kelly from the truth and story and Ben of Tom Benjamin both read really strongly like numerology and pips. And I started studying that. And I was like, Oh, this is what's made me uncomfortable with some of like the RWS meanings because I, Like, if you think about tens, right, is like the end of the journey, about to begin another journey. Sure, there should be some exhaustion in the tens. But if there's exhaustion in the tens, there should be exhaustion even in the ten of cups and even in the ten of pence, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense that tens in those automatically mean good things and tens in swords and wands automatically mean bad things. So I really started to kind of, like, float in with, like, I still, like, I know the RWS meanings, but... I kind of try to rely more on like sometimes the 10 of cups means things are over or sometimes the 10 of pence means like, okay, well that ran its course. Now it has to start over again, you know? Um, so it kind of like it's sometimes hard. I think sometimes with certain decks, you're like, I can't look at this image and get the meaning from it that lets me go either way. So I think that was one of the evolutions was like with Steve Fader. There aren't a lot of people in that deck. It's more about like hands and flames and birds. Um, And so that was really, I think it was a good choice for me because the meanings needed to be different for me than just straight up RWS, even though her guidebook is straight RWS.
0: I love that idea. So what would the tens mean in numerology?
1: The tens are about like completion, like the cycle, the journey coming to an end. So it doesn't necessarily have, either positive or negative. Like you can make it positive or negative depending on how that journey is ending. Right. So it's like, if you're reading for someone that, you know, has just had something amazing happen, maybe it's like that positive, even if it's a sword or a wand, right. Maybe it's like, they just did an amazing thing at work that came to a great conclusion Mm -hmm. and now it's ready to spin again. Right. So like, I don't get rid of the RWS necessarily because even in a ten of cups, right? Even at this glorious moment, like think about how worn out people are after their wedding, right? It's
0: yes, supposed to be a day, that's day. such a good example.
1: Yeah. And like at the end of a wedding, you're just like, I want to go home and sleep for three weeks, right? Yes. So I think it's just like kind of looking at them both. I mean, and that's also with like the three of swords drives me insane that everyone's like, Heartbreak. I'm like, it's a sword. Like, so I kind of come to the point of like, so. And this is silly, but someone had said once, like when you're going on a trip abroad, you should never go, you should never go in a group of three because there's going to, it's going to end up two against one. Mm. Like this person, like if you're in two, it's like, I want to do this. You want to do this. Either we both compromise or we go our separate way for the day. But if there's three, it can end up being kind of nastier because there is that tiebreaker. So I think of the, I try to think of all the threes as having that potential. So like the threes can be growth and manifestation and community, but they can also be when there's three, it can go wrong.
0: Too many cooks in the kitchen.
1: Yeah. Too many people that two people feel one way, one person feels the other way, that person ends up left out. That's kind of how the odd numbers all have conflict. So I think it's, again, it's like silly to be like, oh, only certain threes are bad and certain threes are awesome. It's like, but it is an odd number. And odd numbers always mean growth and they always mean possible difficulty too, right? There's that unevenness. Will you go through all of the numbers? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're (laughs) such a good teacher. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, this is a lot of this is like Kelly's videos, Ben's videos. Um, you know, it's pretty, it's like it so Ben um has this book called Tarot on Earth, right? And he tells you what he did. So he basically made like a chart. Right. And he gave, he like looked at 10 different sources or eight different sources and then looked at the numerology for everything. Right. So I did the same thing. I went to like, I picked a bunch of different websites. I picked a couple of different tarot books and I literally went down, okay, this person says this about one, this about two, this about three, whatever. I did the next one. I did the next one. I, you know, and then I looked across and like, saw what they had in common. So it's like that idea. Like he talks about sixes for him. Sixes are about beauty in a positive way and vanity in a negative way but like after i had done my like spinning through sixes to me are more like harmony and balance so it's not necessarily beautiful right and like people always like like if you think about the rws meaning of the six of swords it's about going away right like they always show someone on a ship or someone leaving Okay. So then I thought about, well, if you need to have mental harmony and you're coming out of that five of swords of conflict, maybe what it means is sometimes harmony is reached by getting out of the situation or starting a new situation.
0: Ooh.
1: <laughs> but that's like, that's, I hate the six of cups in RWS decks because it is so about memory and nostalgia. And I'm like, that can't work for everyone. Not everybody's memories are balanced. Not everybody's memories are harmony. So it's funny because um, you know the Light Sears just came out with its mass market and I had bought that deck from the Kickstarter and the there's cards I like and don't like in every deck right but the six of cups in that deck is literally like an old man and his dog leading a line up to him as a little kid and the dog as a puppy and it's like a lot of people are like this this card is so beautiful right And I'm like, okay yeah, it's beautiful but it is just memory it is just nostalgia. There's no other possible meaning there. So like, that's one thing I think about, like, I think that deck is beautiful, but I can't really, I ended up selling it and not using it because some of the meanings were so specific. And I think that's one of the things that for me about tarot is the fluidity and flexibility. It's different than, you know, somebody who's really religious and they're reading Bible verses and some Bible verses have only one possible meaning right? Or people of the society and culture and the way they've been interpreted have kind of settled. And I feel like for me, the good thing about tarot is that you don't have that, right? That you can look at things like numerology. You can say like, oh, but it's a sword and not a wand and like, you know, alter your meaning. And so tying something down to like this one card just means memory. Well,
0: what else do you get out of that card besides that? I mean, sometimes harmony
1: and balance are not about memory, right? Somebody who's had a lot of really bad things happen, maybe the six of cups is you're about to step into a place of balance or you need to look for who makes you feel balanced in this situation or going forward, right? I mean, it's not all like, and especially like if you're using a spread and it's in a forward position, it's like, okay, go back to the past. No, this is supposed to be in the forward position. Not everybody has something from the past they can pull forward into, a, that was great, like a lot of readers. I feel like, I feel like a lot of um, queer people on ta- that I follow on Insta tarot. Um, a lot of tarot for them has been pulling them into this new place where they get to be queer or non-binary or however they're identifying. And it's definitely not how they were allowed to be when they were kids. So tarot's kind of been their escape from that. So is a card that is only about the past going to be helpful for someone in that
0: situation? I've heard Claire from the Word Witch. Mm-hmm. They talk about it as dealing with past trauma, which I really identify as like like a flipped coin of like memories. Like maybe it's not like good nostalgia, but it's like some sort of like emotional thing that you're working through.
1: Doesn't that sound more like a five almost though? Like, Mm. right, like the five of cups, to me, that is like the heartbreak card, right? That's the icky
0: things past or present, Mm. right? That's the like. Yeah, like the grief you're going through, like the trauma.
1: Yeah, like sixes are supposed to be the step away from the five or the step after the five. So I just think like having it be just memory or just
0: remembrance doesn't work. It's like starting to like integrate it and heal it. Yeah. Also, if that card only means memory with cups,
1: then like, why does the six of wands mean victory? Like you've kind of, it's Mm -hmm. like the RWS takes out the number meaning, like it puts it in when it wants to, Mm
0: -hmm. but then
1: like every suit, it's like, it doesn't apply the same way. Right. But in numerology or people that read like Marseille style, it's more like, okay, whatever your meaning is for the six, whether it's harmony and balance or beauty and vanity it's harmony and balance in creativity, harmony and balance in emotional stuff, harmony and balance in your mind, harmony and balance in your day to day, right? It's not these like, I don't know, it's like the RWS picked either a positive or a negative meaning for each card. And then it just like stuck to that so strongly. And some people's images are just that, right? So like, if you're thinking about a nine or a 10, depending on the picture on the card, it's really hard to have it be possibilities of both. Or like you're looking at a Three of Cups, most decks, if it's RWS, that has to be positive. And the Three of Swords has to be negative. Like, well, I need to have some flexibility there, right? Sometimes the Three is like growth. Maybe it hurts, but it's growth. That can't just be negative.
0: So I've seen on your Insta that you have, you use playing cards a lot. I have started using playing cards. I love that. tell me more. So is this kind yeah. of like a step in that numerology direction? Like how do you use it? Tell us more. I I really know nothing about it. So I want to hear everything. Well, there's playing
1: cards I think is wildly different than tarot in terms of like in tarot like like you can learn the RWS and you can learn the difference between that and Marseille and Thoth I guess too, but they're all it's not very hard to learn the way the three interpret it. Like you could literally have a chart and be like okay, the Four of Cups in RWS is like, you're so bored and ennui and whatever. And the Four of Cups in Marseille has stability. And I don't know what it is in Thoth. Playing cards, the systems to me all seem wildly different. So um, I don't know if you follow Jay Barrel. His name is Pippo no, Oh, but I need Instagram. to. So he and I both were like reading a lot of Marseille decks. Um, we started to be friends over Insta. And then he started playing with playing cards and he got this little book called Hands of Fate. And it's one particular playing card system. And one of the things that makes it different than tarot, in this system anyway, I don't think in all playing card systems, is it's very limited. Like, the meanings are the meaning. There isn't, like, ways to go with them, right? So, like, the five of clubs is failure. Um, The three of spades is a wound the eight of diamonds is a castle or security, but it's very, it's more like the way people describe Lenormand kind of like it's super blunt and it's to the point. And I actually tried to learn Lenormand, um, in like the spring, summer, um, my friend Jess Roller, who's on Insta, she made this little monsters Lenormand deck that's adorable, but I could never make Lenormand work for me. Like, I was, like, watching videos and reading about it, and it's, like, you're supposed to have it be a sentence, and this is the subject, object, and verb, or whatever. And I just kept, like
0: – I kept doing readings where I was, like, these don't make any sense. Like, I well, can't. Well, you seem so fluid, and it's, like, not <laughs> fluid. It's, like, so concrete.
1: Um, and so then my friend, uh, Pippa Mantic, like, one night um, we were just DMing each other, and I was, like, oh, I got this really – oh, I saw this deck of cards called the house of the rising spade. Um, and it's just part of, it's just people that make playing cards that just like make beautiful playing cards, right? Like it's, there are all these playing card collectors that don't read them at all. And this deck was just gorgeous, right? I was like, Oh my God, I'm in love with this deck. Maybe I'll have to learn this. And we started DMing back and forth and he just started explaining the meaning of every card to me and his, the hands of fate is visual. So it's like when there's, um, Like fours are stable because there's one in each corner and fives are trouble because one breaks through the middle and like sixes are a safe path. So in all the cards, sixes are a safe path. It might not be the safest, like the spades is like cautious path, you know, but they're all the same because it's based on the original layout of playing cards so I just started like <laughs> you just I mean it, literally we were talking about it for probably like 3 hours like and then I took picture screenshots of the whole thing and printed them out and made it into my like own little booklet
0: I love that
1: <laughs> I started reading playing cards that way but it's very I'm not being flexible and fluid in it like um do you follow OTM Academy No, you're giving us
0: so many good
1: resources. (laughs) I can't remember her name. I think it's Kristen, but she teaches playing card courses, and she has a much more variety of meanings. Like, the system that Pipomantic uses and that I've been using from the hands of fate is, like, super blunt, and it's super just like, this is it. And every time I read with it, it's like you're a failure because you're lonely. Like, it's just like,
0: (laughs) right? And it's like, damn. Yeah. I
1: feel like it's funny because when I read tarot, I feel like tarot always gives me like, I mean, I'm still, I'm so much better at narrowing it down, right? I'm gonna lay 10 cards down now and be like, I don't know, could mean anything, right? Like, it's more specific now, but I still feel like I can read tarot and it's like some options, some this, and then I read the playing cards and it's like, why are you fooling yourself with options, you know? Um, and he said the same thing. Like he said, when he first started reading it, he was like, damn, like, whoa. And now that's what he wants. Right. That's why he goes to it. I mean, really, I just like, I do think I just love art and I love the playing cards. And I got like all these decks that have really different looks to them. And playing cards are so much easier to shuffle. (laughs) There's only like 50 of them and they're small, right? None of those decks hurt your hands. Like even the really fancy playing card decks are easy to shuffle. Right um and I just I don't know I just started using them too I don't know if I just like it was something fun to talk about with him and it was fun to vary it and it never like it doesn't matter what the art looks like then because you're always reading it based on the original layout of the cards
0: what about Uh, the um the court cards in a playing card deck
1: So they're just, they don't have a knight and a page. They just have the knave or the jack, right? Um, And so the jack is, it's kind of like a combination of the page and the knight. Like he's considered immature and risky taking, right? So whichever one he's in. So like, you know, diamonds are about like stability and money. So the jack of diamonds is like a gambler, right? Um, You know, clubs are romance feelings. So the jack of clubs is seduction and manipulation, And, like, sometimes, right, sometimes you're like, uh uh-oh, you're going to be seduced by some bad ideas. But sometimes
0: it's like, let yourself be seduced by a good feeling, Mm. you know.
1: But, yeah, there's just the three.
0: So for the suits, does it correspond to the different tarot suits? Like, hearts would be cups and Mm. so on. And, like, diamonds would be clubs or not clubs. Wait. Diamonds would be wands. <laughs> not really. I'd say that cups and hearts are the only
1: one to me that really overlap, um, because diamonds aren't really wands. They're wands in terms of having. It depends on how you think about work, right? I actually asked this on a in a um, survey on Insta once, like, where do you put your job? Is your job in pentacle? Like it's your day-to-day job Oh, it because it's where your creative forces are. Like if you're an artist, isn't your job wands? Um, or like as a teacher, a lot of times I feel like my job is in swords because it's all mental. It's constant like reflecting on how this kid is doing, how that kid is doing, who needs a change, you know? Um, and in playing cards, diamonds are work, but they're also money and security. So they're kind of more like a pentacle. But clubs are also like pentacles because clubs are like, um, trees and building. So they don't really relate. And in playing cards, like the reds are positive no matter what, and the blacks are negative no matter what. And there's no positive and negative. Like it doesn't like overlay the way tarot does, right? Like tarot, like even if you follow RWS, all the suits have like a different trajectory, right? So like all of the aces are positive. Most of the twos are still positive. Maybe the sword a little less than the threes. There's a split, right? There's two good threes and two bad threes, but the fours, actually the four of swords is way more positive than the four of cups, right? So like I once did in my, one of my first tarot journals, when I was learning it, I wrote out, you know, ace through King, and I just traced like how each suit went up and down throughout them. And the playing cards don't kind of go back and forth like that. Playing cards are much more like, like even, even when you read them for the meaning, you also just read for the color. So you also look and go, well, out of five cards, I pulled four blacks. So whatever this message is, it's much more negative than not. Like you can use playing cards for yes or no. So it's like hearts are yes. Diamonds are probably yes. Spades are, or clubs are probably no and spades are no. So then you kind of look like you can be like, okay, I pulled this five card reading I interpreted it according to the meanings, but then I also look at, oh, it started with spades, it went to clubs, it went to hearts, oh, so this is on an upward trajectory, it's getting more positive, right? But if you had all spades, it's like, it doesn't really matter what individual cards mean as much because you're definitely getting that negative meaning because it's all black.
0: In a suit, does it tell a story or is it just individual meanings for each card it
1: depends on the system in Pippomantic, the hands of fate that he uses it's sort of a story because it's like like the club is like one tree on its own and then you built something because you have two and then there's a third that's in the middle and then the four in the corners like so it kind of does but it's not the way that tarot does it's not this like roundabout journey
0: kind of it's not like archetypes
1: Not really, not to me anyway, but again, like I know that Kristen, I think that's her first name from OTM, her playing card system is completely different than the hands of fate. And there's multiple meanings. So like a four might have, it might be the castle and the bed and the this and the that like, like some of the different playing card meanings have more variety. Like when I first tried to do them, like before I had talked to him about this, I'd gone online and like, there's people who read the same card completely differently so I feel like tarot is a little bit more, it's either RWS or TDM or Thoth, but everyone can kind of see where you are in those systems. Like even if you look at a Thoth deck that has all those keywords, you can see how it relates to the RWS keyword. You know, like I don't like keywords for that reason, but like if you pull up the six of wands in a Thoth deck, it little literally says victory on it. And you know that in RWS, that is one of the meanings, right? It's like success and, you know, and if you look at the traditional decks, it's like the guys, like they have, um, they're like in a parade, but in playing cards, the systems, like, it seems like every place you look is very different.
0: It's cool because playing cards, there's no reversals because it's upright no matter what. I and love that.
1: The court cards, especially like usually court cards
0: are drawn both
1: ways. Like, <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> knocked me over.
1: hard to have the faces going in both directions
0: i love that
1: yeah but it's um there's definitely times where like and i've done a lot of combining so um there's someone on insta who mostly reads marseille style um lazy pagan tarot and she has a spread she does where there's three cards that are like the situation or the energy or how the day is going to go And then she pulls two do's above and two don'ts below. And I've been doing like tarot for the middle and then playing cards for the do and don't. Um, But there's definitely days where I can't make sense of the playing cards still. Like there was a day where I pulled, you know, I did like, what's my mission today? Three tarot cards. And I was like, okay, how am I going to do that? And every set of playing cards I pulled, I was just like, I'm going to wound this, that. I don't, I don't know. So (laughs) there's definitely, I mean, I've tried not to do that thing where like, you're like, nope, don't like this reading, pulling new cards. But sometimes it's not really, it's not like I didn't like it. It's just that I could not figure out the sentence for it or I couldn't figure out what it was saying.
0: How have you seen it like manifest in a way that you have seen it? Like, how is it? how with the playing cards have, has it manifested? That was like such a jumbled sentence, but you get what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) Well, I think, I mean, for one thing, it's like, I don't know. I've kind of been questioning why I do week ahead readings since I don't really read futuristically. Um, I read more like a good energy to put yourself in and reading reflection at the end of the day has somehow always seemed like it fit much more strongly than maybe stuff at the beginning of the day. Right. So like Mm. I used to just pull it when I had time. Right. So a lot of times I'm just, I'm running so late in the morning (laughs) that literally there's no time to shuffle. Um, (laughs) So I would pull at the end of the day. And a lot of times I feel like at the end of the day, you look at the tarot card and you really can strongly connect your day to it. Right. Or the three cars or however many you pulled a lot of times at the end of the day, it's really easy to see how that played out in your life. And sometimes in the morning, I feel like you're setting this intention and sometimes the intention the cards gave you, it's hard to make it apply. Like you'll go throughout your day and just be like, well, that never came up. So did I interpret them wrong? Were they speaking to something different than what I was saying? I don't know. Um, I definitely felt like when I read cards, when I read the cards at night, I can see like, oh yeah, this played out in my day. This was an issue, this happened, you know? Um, But I think it's harder with going forward stuff. And I also think like, I don't know, sometimes like you pull the cards or something and you read them and you're like, yeah, all right. And then it's like, it's like, it never happened, right? Like you never apply it or something. So I was like doing a week ahead reading this morning. And then I was like, do I really, are these really an effective thing? Or is this just like, something i do on sunday mornings and it fills some time and i enjoy it but i don't end up like using that reading that much i don't know i think i'm it's more like using them for self-reflection sometimes works better in the backward right like reflecting on something as opposed to reflecting forward
0: do you think both with the playing cards and tarot or does it kind of lean like one or the other more um probably both both I
1: don't know though it depends also like I found that I mean this sounds ridiculous but I'm constantly because I live alone um I watch tv in the background a lot right like I'm like I'm re-watching the West Wing right now and (laughs) I mean I would sometimes notice that I would just decide to read cards and the tv would be in the background and I wouldn't really be focused that much and then I would pull up a reading and just be like what is this talking about? <laughs> and I realized that I have to like turn off the episode, you know, be taught thinking to myself what I'm looking for. Like, what do we know? What do I need to know about this person? Or what do I need to know about this situation? And just like almost monitoring it while I'm shuffling like, okay, what's energy today? What did I need to do? What's my best way to be? Um, and so that would always work out better, right?
0: <laughs> it's like Isn't that oh, interesting? Oh. Why do you think that is though? <laughs> like that becomes so esoteric. Like, where are these cards? Like, where is the energy coming from?
1: Well, my friend Rachel um started reading Tarot after me. Um, and she was just like, Oh, I'm getting a deck. You know, I'm like, okay, right and like a couple weeks later she had gone to her old college and saw a bunch of old friends and pulled cards and got the six of cups and she was like how do the cards know (laughs) I was like but it's not the cards that know it's your brain that knows right so I feel like there's some connection between your brain and your intention and once you get really solid at reading for yourself and not um not like sugar coating it, not, you know, rose colored glasses in it, then you see the message that your brain needs to hear. Right. So it's like, she needed to know, like, she needed to be reminded that this was a happy place and a place of balance and that she had gotten out of it what she wanted. Right. Um, so I feel like it's kind of silly, but I literally have to be like thinking the thing over and over as I shuffle. Like, even if it's just like, what's my mission today? what's my mission today? What's the best, like one of the prompts I used to use a lot was what's my best costume today or the best costume to wear today.
0: Oh, like, I yeah, love that.
1: I think it was, that's a Tom Benjamin or a Ben of that one, but it's like, what, which me do I need to present? And that was really, that one really worked well for me. I feel like I would get things and be like, it totally makes sense that that's who I need to be today as a teacher. Like, that's what I need to present to my kids. Sometimes you need to be more nurturing and soft and sometimes you need to be the queen of wands and be like let's get this done you know or the queen of swords i mean sorry um and then um i don't know if you follow this as an astrologer tarot person her name is Her instagram name is like dd like domasina her name is diana harper um but she had a prompt called what does love look like today oh i love way. that And it's kind of similar, right? So sometimes love looks like, you know, um, sometimes love looks like seven of cups, right? Sometimes love is making choices and, you know, figuring out the right thing. And sometimes love is the eight of wands, right? Sometimes love is showing up and having a lot of energy and being ready for things, right? So that was like using that kind of prompt in the morning, just to kind of give yourself like, it's not necessarily the foreboding of your day or the divination of what's going forward, right? It's just like, what's a really great headspace for me to be in right now? And sometimes you get like, you know, unusual cards, right? Sometimes you're like, (laughs) I have the devil and the tower. It's like, all right, I guess I got to tempt some people with some scary change, you know? But I think that that like, it's just, again, it's like 10, 15 minutes of thinking and being calm and putting in time for myself, that's not mindless. And that's not also that, um, it's not connected to anybody else's stuff, right? One of the things as a teacher is that you end up pouring a lot of energy into other people's stuff. And it's sometimes your students and it's sometimes your school asking you to do stuff that you shouldn't have to do or asking you to put in time that you're not gonna get paid for. Um, A lot of schools, you know, it's like, oh, but we're a family. That's how they scam you into giving them unpaid time. But you're a family. Can't you just do this? It's like, do other jobs call you family and then ask maybe <laughs> two hours late when you're not getting paid? Like, no, they don't, right? And so tarot has just really been something to be like, this doesn't have anything to do with anybody else, right? And I actually, I don't know, somebody asked me the other day, oh, I think i Um, I'm offering like this new year's wish reading. I have these two decks that I'm going to pull deck cards from and send them to people. And I did put it on my non-tarot account. Like, Hey guys, if anybody's interested, you can do this too. And one of my friends was like, wait a second, this is your page. And I was like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) And she's like, why do I not know about this? And I'm like, cause I don't tell anyone about it, but it's not, I'm not embarrassed, but it's also
0: just like, my thing it's boundaries right yeah it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to have boundaries I feel like a lot of times there's this idea of like if you're not sharing everything to everybody then you're not being authentic but I think like Conversely, it's okay to keep parts of you to yourself and who you want to share it to. And I think you're like kind of taking back the power then of like, (laughs) this is what I want to share with you. And this is what I want to share with you. Like, I don't need to give you my whole self every single time.
1: I also like that, like, you know, I, um, my mom is, she's only 72. Um, But she seems to be having, I don't know, it's like early onset Alzheimer's or something. I don't know, but she won't go to the doctor. Um, And I'm pretty stressed out about it, right? But there's only so many times you can tell your friends, I'm stressed out about this thing, and you have no new information, right? And I love that on my tarot count, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of that false intimacy, I guess, but it is that I can write really plainly about what I'm feeling, and I'm not necessarily telling somebody that I'm going to run into that day. So I don't have to have that conversation again. I do have like, there's lots of people on my Tarot Insta that I have very deep, long conversations with and DMs and we're sending stuff back and forth, but I can have that in a space that it's like cut off from everything else. So I can still go about my day and not run into someone who's going to be like, oh, I saw that thing about your mom today. And I'm just like, I don't want to talk about that. Totally. Um, And it's on Instagram, right? So it's only when I open my phone and I open my app, like I can walk away from it and be like okay well i'll see what people had to say about that later right like it's not it's kind of nice to have it in its like own little space kind of
0: well it's compartmentalizing in the best way (laughs) it's very capricorn of you
1: (laughs) i don't know one of my friends at school like i ended up saying something to her about it and she was like i don't know i felt like she to me it's more similar to religion. But she was saying like, oh, so it's kind of like astrology, like when you read your horoscope in the paper. I'm like, no, it's nothing like, like, do real astrologers think astrology is like when you read your horoscope in the paper and you're like, this has nothing to do with me? Or you read your horoscope and it's literally only about a couple and you're like, but I'm not in a couple. And I was like, no, it's not like that. But I think she's very religious. So she didn't want to hear that. I was like, no, it's like when you read a Bible verse and you see how it applies to you.
0: Yeah, I'm they sorry. don't, know. it's not, <laughs> They it's not what they want to hear. Well, especially if they're not open to it, so then their thing can still be sacred. Well, it was funny because then she was
1: like, would you ever read my card someday? And I'm thinking, after this conversation? No. <laughs> also, so my parents were Lutheran pastors when I was growing up. Um, they're ELCA, which is the most liberal form of Lutheran. It's the most like um, Episcopal or something. Um, but I had said to another friend, like, that I was reading tarot, and I had shown her some of my cards, and she was like, well, don't tell your parents that. And I was like, okay, like, I was actually thinking of giving my dad the Game of Thrones tarot deck, because he I was just gonna say, like, hey, I know you don't read tarot, but I thought you would love these images, you know, because he's, like, it loves the series so much. Um, but it was kind of funny. She was like, don't tell your parents. And I was like, well, first of all, they're not, They're not evangelicals or Baptists or Methodists. They're not someone that's like, (gasps) right? Like, that's not how they are. But I don't know. I just, I mean, I'm 51 and I don't always tell my parents lots of stuff. (laughs) So, you
0: know, (laughs) like. Well, you can always see people projecting onto you what they don't want to share within themselves. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, oh, like, if you did that, like. That would make give me permission to do it, but I'm not ready to, so you can't share that. <laughs> well,
1: and I have these two neighbors, um, I had like shown them a lot, like when I was going through this intense deck buying phase, most of which I have now sold or traded, <laughs> um, but I would bring them over decks and like show them to them. And one of them was like, oh, you know, can you read some cards for me? And so we just did like a simple like past, present, future spread about money or something. But the other one, like, won't get close to me. He, like, if I have the cards, like, he's like, keep those over there. And I'm like, dude, they're just cards. And he's like, mm-hmm. you know, or like, <laughs> I mean, it's so fun. Like, he, he's, like, intrigued by it. He's always like, so do you still do that? But, like, if I have a deck of cards and I'm like, oh, I want to show you these. Like, the other guy is just, like, paging through them. And David is, like, on the other side of the room.
0: Well, people are extremely <laughs> superstitious. Also, it's not that they're non-believers because if they were non-believers, they wouldn't care. Right.
1: Right. Like, why are you? So <laughs> they're just scared. <laughs> oh, you know, because he's always just like. Totally. Totally. And I'm like, it's not. these are just cards. I just wanted to show you this art. Because he's, I mean, they're both, like, they're really into art. And, like, they have art books and paintings and stuff, you know? So I'm always like, look at this deck I got with this awesome art. And he, like, won't get near it.
0: So what are some of your favorite decks right now? You have so many. So tell us your I've top gotten, five. I've gotten rid of a ton of decks. I only have,
1: like, 14 hero decks now.
0: 14! I have, like, two. <laughs>
1: I mean, I've given away like 30, well, given away, I've traded, sold, or given away at least 30. Um, But I was going through like this weird phase where I was like jumping on every like, oh, this deck's coming out. Oh, this one. Oh, this one, you know, or like when you first start reading or something, right? Like I'm going through other people's two years of Insta. Like I've been on it for a week, but I'm paging through their photos and seeing all these amazing decks, right?
0: Totally. I went through a very I did that, too, in the trip. beginning. I feel like I started with the rider deck and then eventually once I felt like competent enough, I was like, OK, I'm ready to like move on. And I got maybe like five or 10 decks and I like <laughs> and I was like sending them out like in these letters that I was doing um, like very like Jordan, sincerely the tarot style. Yeah. Um, and it was just a fun way to like see a bunch of imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like you kind of find what you like and then you settle on it and that kind of becomes like your deck. And I enjoy like just seeing pictures from like your account and like other people's account and. Like, all of the different decks, it's, like, you can still, like, enjoy it, like, vicariously through everybody else. So, I love that.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I, like, when I was first reading, I was only reading my Raven's Prophecy. And, like, I bought a copy of The Aquarian. I bought The White Sage. Um, two people, two different people gifted me the wild unknown, a deck I can't read with at all. I ended up giving both of those away. Um, but I was still only reading with the Raven's Prophecy and I had been obsessed with the Golden Rider, which is a Rider weight version, but it's like, it was done in oil paintings. Ooh. It's got a ton of pink and gold. Um, I saw it on, her name used to be Tarot by Anya, but now it's Roots of Aurora, I had seen one of her YouTube videos with it. I got obsessed with it. I found a copy for 50 bucks on like Abe's books and I thought it was used and it came like in the plastic. It was brand new, but it was so right or wait that I like, I've never like, so then I was like, I kept buying all these decks and only reading with Raven's Prophecy because they were like, either they were so RWS that I was like, oh, but I'm being fluid and flexible and interpreting all these other meanings. And like, I can't see them in these cards, you know? Um, and then I bought a ton of cards and went, a ton of decks. I was like using, you know, I wouldn't use one for a little while and then another for a little while. But then I started to feel like, you know, I've got like 30 decks sitting here and at any given time, you know, 27 of them are like basically on the shelf. Right? They're
0: neglected. I can't give love to you all.
1: <laughs> and I just felt like, like, I don't, I don't want to be somebody who just collects things, right? Like, I don't want to be like, I die and my nephews have to go through this, like, insane apartment full of, like, boxes and boxes of stuff, you know? Can you
0: imagine, like, if you were that kid, though, and then your, your, like, aunt had all these tarot decks, and it was like, oh, my God, I hit the gold mine, (laughs) <laughs> like, to somebody yeah. who loved it, it would be, Never like, the
1: best me. thing ever. I did know where I'd be keeping them right now. Like, them, all my decks are, like, in this one box. And I'm like, where would I even be putting those others?
0: Need a treasure um, chest.
1: So I kind of went, and then, do you follow Queen of Wands, but it's wands without the D?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so I keep- found them on your account. So she became, like, I mean, she used to have quite a few decks, too. She's down to six decks.
1: And every time she gets a new deck, like she gets rid of one, she'll buy an Oracle deck, use it for like three weeks. And then she's like, nope, it's not working. I'm done. Right? I was so
0: honored oh. <laughs> that you bought my deck. I was like, oh my that. God. <laughs> Your deck is really calming. Oh, thank it's- you. That's such you a compliment. And it's such a unique idea, like
1: tune into the frequency of, it's not telling you to be that way. It's like, this is yes. what you need to be listening for. Right. And like, I just think it's, it's a really unique idea out there.
0: It reminds me of your put on your costume. <laughs> yeah. Question.
1: Like, like, what can you you... Headspace. Mm-hmm. like, what do
0: you need to listen to?
1: What message do you need to be hearing to go be who you need to be? Right.
0: So what are your like, what are some? Of... Oh, wait, you haven't told us your favorites <laughs> yet. We're, we okay. can't move on yet.
1: All right. Well, I still love the Raven's Prophecy. I think its imagery is so incredibly evocative, and I think it's, like, more beautiful than 90% of the decks out there, except that I detest the Fool card. Why? It's just, like, it looks bizarre to me. Like, it looks like it doesn't even belong in that deck. Like it's, What does it uh, look like? Yeah. Like, a black, um, almost like, you know, when somebody's, like, somebody's standing with their arms up and their legs out in the same kind of, um, like you know, a star. like, Yeah, like you're stretched out, and it's just this black outline of this figure. And it's not like all the other cards have detailed hands, flames, ravens, petals. And this is like this black shadow of a person. I'm like, it's the only person in the whole deck. Mm. I don't know. That one. So I, but you know what? It's like I don't draw the fool card a lot. So maybe that's why. (laughs) why I'm pretty. (laughs) Um, I love that deck. Um, the city mystic New York deck, it's all black and white photography and they're all, well, not all of them, but a lot of them are double exposure photos. Oh, that's cool. it's It's all like, um, pictures of New York. So like outdoors in New York, like sculptures and buildings. Um, but like some of the cups cards will have like a double exposure of like cups on top of the picture. Um, it's black and white um and it's you know it's like all real photography that she did that one i really love um and also like so i used to really i don't know if because i started with the raven's prophecy or because so i'm a quilter too and i don't like white in quilts like a lot of people put white sashing in every single quilt and i'm just like <laughs> At first, I only wanted, like, dark background decks. Like, I was constantly buying decks either that have no borders or that were, like, you know, black background. Um, but City of New York, or City of Mystic New York has white background. And actually, like, a lot of playing cards have white backgrounds. So, it goes really well with them. So, I've been finding, like, I've been using it even more. Um, so, I love that deck. Um, so, the Polka, P-O-L-E-K-A, it's a Tarot de Marseille. So the, um, the miners are pips. But they're, so the whole deck has intestines, blood, um, like the seven or the, is it the five of wands? The five of wands has like five branches with like heads on the end of them. Like they've been, the branch has been poked through the head. Oh, um, that's so five of wands. Boards have like people with their heads cut off. Um, the the page of Pentacles has button uh, a pence for eyes, kind of like um, Coraline. Um, it's this really funny, like creepy deck. It's like super. Ooh, it's, I need this deck. Yeah, and it's actually I. It's um the artist is French, and I had had her website up like a million times. Like oh, I really want this. Oh, I really want this. And then I did a trade with um, Celtic Roots Tarot, and I was trading her for was so I training her for that? And she threw in like a whole nother deck. And I was like, cause she felt the deck I was sending her was worth more or something. Whatever. It's so, it's <laughs> a beautiful deck. and then the back has like little, like it's got a little pattern where it, like from far away, you would just think, Oh, there's some kind of pattern, but it's like little skulls with like red eyes. Ooh. Uh, yeah. It's totally fine. It's a, it's like, and I love when you pull a card and it's just got like intestines or the cups have like blood pouring out of them. Um, like, the Knight of Cups has been kicked off his horse. Like, he, Ooh. like, has him off. Um, so I really How do you love interpret that? that? <laughs> well, you know, the knight is always going chasing after, like, knights are chasing after things, right? So, he's just, like, charging into relationships. Maybe, you know, ones that... Kill ones- your
0: all, brah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so, I really love those three so I have, it's kind of, I wish it wasn't named this Okay, but the Gypsy Palace Tarot, like Gypsy has become, you know, a term that people feel is used in a derogatory way, which is true, of course, right? Um, the artist is from Germany or Germany or Hungary or something, so I like to console myself by saying, like, I think she might be from Romany heritage, um, and I mean, I, like when I was a little kid, you know, back in the day when political correctness was nothing, <laughs> um, I dressed as a gypsy for Halloween and one time we were out, you know, trick-or-treating and some man told my mom that I looked the way his daughters had looked when he, when they were kids. And he gave me, um, this set of eight gold glass, uh, gold glass, green bracelets. Wow. So like, glass bracelets that are green and then they had gold around the edge and i guess he had romany heritage and it was part like it was really cool i still have them although they're all broken now um but so like i always thought of being a gypsy as a really awesome thing but i don't know it's it sucks to use a deck and think like someone's going to be insulted when i say oh and this is the gypsy palace tarot deck right i don't know but it's crazy it's an insane deck it's the background is red There's like bright yellow. I love that. There's bright yellow headers and footers on it. And the art is all just like banana pants. Like it's not RWS. It's not like it's its own thing. It's got like crazy monsters and people in weird positions. And it's got like weird fat people and weird thin people and weird like green monsters and blue monsters. And the aces are all sort of like naked people, but they're almost like naked marshmallow people or something. Like they're all weird shapes. Um, and it's super like, even in the dark, right? Like I found that like, so like, I have like a couple decks that I was always hating how they looked on my Instagram. I was like, why does this deck look so pretty in other people's pictures? And it's because like, it can't be, you can't take pictures of it in the dark or in a darker right like but the gypsy palace like your apartment is like it's like 11 at night and you're like oh crap do i have enough lights on and you take a picture of it and it's glowing like mm-hmm. it's so it's just bright and like um you know people have been doing that council of seven tag i'm like the seven voices in your ducks or whatever no what was, is like, that what what is that <laughs> this woman, um this woman her name is like natalia ouroboros like the snake um she did a video on YouTube of like her council of seven. So it was like the deck that is her mentor, the deck that's the advisor, the deck that's the wise old sage that like, and hers was all based on their voices. So I had watched a bunch of those videos and then people started to post them on Insta and I was like, oh, these are really cool. But like, I don't read that way at all. I'm not like, like tarot is my voice, I think. Right. Like I am interpreting it and although I will work the art in when it makes sense to me. A lot of times I'm reading on the meaning that I think for that numerology and that suit, I'm not necessarily reading the art. Right. But I realized I look for like, like I pull out the gypsy palace when I'm like, I need something colorful. I need a mood lifter. I need something that's going to just like, no matter what cards it is, I'm going to be like, Oh my God, this is so bright. And I feel like, you know, you get that like rush of like warmth or energy. Right. Right and I pull out the polka when I want to be like sarcastic or like, what are you fucking saying to me right now? Right. I want to like a cheeky cousin. Um, and like the city mystic deck to me is very, like, I lived in New York for a long time, so I feel very at home. And then some of the images I'm like, doesn't look like what I knew. Right. Or it like makes me like, feel like Sometimes I feel very comforted by it, and sometimes I'm very like, oh, I wish I was still there, right? So I realized like, my thing is much more about imagery. So most people are doing their Council of Seven, like, this deck has a really wise old voice, but this deck challenges me. And I was like, no, this deck makes me happy from the colors, and this deck makes me laugh from the hysterical images. And, the, you know, like, mine is much more about, like, kind of, like, what they look like, because I pretty much read them all the same, I think you know look for a detail in the card that might nuance the meaning but i usually am not changing the meaning from that um but then i got so that's what so the raven gypsy palace the polka the city mystic what is my fifth one um i think my fifth one is probably the augenblick
0: what is it's that one
1: square deck Um, so it's like perfect square and it's, um, the Instagram of the creator is the trees west of here, Shannon Loftus, and it's all pictures from the library of Congress. So it's all, and she picked, she's doing a new deck that has people in it more. This deck is almost no people. Like I think I was doing diversity checks, like counting to see, you know, how many white people, people of color, whatever were in decks. And like that deck only like six of the cards or something even have a person on them and in, like, three of them, they're so far away that you can't even really tell, right? But it's all pictures of cities and nature. So, like, um, or, like, the emperor, right, is, the, is a picture from inside, like, Versailles or something. Ooh. Uh, the, you know, like, the tower is a picture of, like, a crumbling tower outside of a castle or something. Um, temperance is, like, a waterfall. Um, the ace of, one of the aces, I can't remember if it's the ace of Pence is like a like an arena like a kind of gladiator Ooh,
0: that's so cool
1: the pictures and it's all very um because it's all these library of congress pictures so they were all taken i think in like the 50s and the 60s so they're all very either green or brown it's not like they're not black and white but they're also not, like, the kind of picture... Like, now, if you took a picture of a city, you'd have, like, the blue sky, and, you know, like, they're not super... I mean, there are some skies in there, but it's very much, like... You can tell that they're pictures from the past. Um, but it's really cool how she was able to pick pictures that kind of embody those stability or instability, right? Or calmness, or... Um, it's really cool. It's all square, and... Um, and so it's, like, shorter than an average tarot deck, but a little bit wider. Um, the only thing is that if you're doing a big reading, it's, like, the squares, like, <laughs> you get a lot of space. Like, you start to run out of um, horizontal space. It's really cool. And she then she made an, an Oracle deck, too, that has, I think it's all pictures from this same Library of Congress, like, dump that's all, like, public domain now. Um, but she made, she had made the Oracle back when she made the tarot and then the Oracle was more like traditional tarot shaped. Um, and I hadn't gotten it. And then she made a new version that's mini. So it's like, Ooh. it's like the square tarot cut in half. So it's like these mini Oracle cards. Um, but her stuff is really, it's cool again, because like, I don't really like, I like decks that don't have people in them really. Cause the people tend to like in RWS, the people are really color, the image in the positive or negative. Right. Cause you can tell if the person's like, Happier in misery, and with a deck that's more based on like the
0: feeling of a card. I love like, that the way you describe it too, because it really makes you think of looking for imagery like in the everyday around you. Like yeah, I mean, the, like uh uh-huh, Academy that I talked about before.
1: She has two decks that are like that. She has a tarot everywhere and an oracle everywhere. And I think it's all just like random photos and imagery from like you know the real world that she then would be like, oh, I see the you know.
0: I was thinking of making a Lenormand deck like that. That would be cool. Do you read Lenormand? I I've like started to. I really love it. It's so clear. Like
1: yeah, no, I, I kept trying and I just couldn't figure it out. But I think I was using too
0: many keywords. Yeah, I think it's more like really just like the first thing that kind of comes to your mind.
1: When I had watched some truth and story videos and she talked about how there's like the French tradition and the German tradition,
0: Uh huh.
1: whichever one was on her handout was like the opposite of the one that was in Jess's intro. So like one of them was following French and one of them was following German. And then you start getting confused. Yeah, it gave me like too many different words to work with. Whereas like the hands of fate for the playing cards, I mean, the most words are like four and they're all very similar. Like castle, security, stability. It's not, they don't mean different things, right? They all mean the same thing. So like, I feel like maybe with one Norman, I just, I don't know. I started it at a time where I was like too scattered or something. Yeah. Just couldn't pin it down. And every time I tried to read like three of them, I'd just be like, These don't mean anything. They don't go together. This one can't be a verb. Why are these here?
0: (laughs) It's crazy because they're just, it's so different from tarot. Like tarot, you pull a card in the beginning of the day and it'll kind of like surprise you with like an energy. It kind of like is an energy that like encompasses the day to me. Whereas... Mm -hmm. Lenormand, I got this reading once where it was like, um, man, tree, fish, or something in that lineup. Like, those were the cards. And to me, I read it like, money grows, money growing on trees, or something. And then <laughs> later that day, we got this insurance letter like we're gonna cut off your insurance because you have branches hanging over your house and you're like oh And i was like oh my god like that's crazy how fucking specific <laughs> yes
1: and like, it's not money growing on trees. It was the opposite, right? Yeah.
0: And it was like, you're wasting money with these trees. Like, you'll have to pay money to get them cut down. And it was just so literal, but like in a little bit of like a tongue twister kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I had another one where it was like star boat something. And like, I had literally like gone to a dock that day and there was like this Heineken star on like the on the deck and i was like oh my god this is fucking weird like it's not like it really it was just like the symbolism was so spot on where you wouldn't get that in tarot as much it's
1: too much wider kind of right yeah Mm -hmm. "Uh, this could be about this or this or that i mean i think that's why it's hard in the beginning because if you have more than a couple of cards it could literally be about anything
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know but um in ben's book tarot on earth he has you after you've kind of settled on your numerology meanings and you've thought through like okay so what does this number mean as these different suits right he gives you questions and he's like pull four cards and answer this question right and then pull four more and answer it so you're like looking at the same question over and over right and one of the questions at the end is like where did i leave my keys but it's funny because in tarot it's like You're just, you're going to have to interpret the answer more, right? I feel like the way people talk about Lenormand is like, I laid it down and I was like, the keys are in the attic, you know? Totally. (laughs) But I just couldn't, I don't know, I couldn't figure it out.
0: (laughs) I was like thinking back through when you were talking about all your decks, like, and I was like, oh my God, I really do have a lot of decks. I was (laughs) like, I say I just have two decks, but I'm like, wait, and then I have that one and then I have that one and then I have that one. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that was a lie. (laughs)
1: you know, I went through this period of like buying tons and tons of decks and then literally being like, when was the last time I used that one? Right. Or I would try to use, like, I would plan, I'm going to use this deck this week, this deck this week, this deck this week. Well, if you use it for a whole week, like I wanted to get to know decks better, but then you have 20 of them sitting there. Right. So I got rid of tons of decks, but then I was like buying all these playing card decks. So it's like, you still have all these, and then I. Lately, I've been buying oracles. I'm like, what is what is happening here? I love your collection. But you know, the thing is, playing card decks cost so much less. Like you can get an right. amazing playing card deck for twenty five bucks. Some fifteen dollars ones are amazing. Sometimes they only cost twelve. You know, like I found a like this deck that was out of print. Um, Debbie Millman. It's like all this different type. Like she, I think, is in. Um, like interior design oh yeah design. she
0: has the design matters podcast
1: yeah so her this playing card deck it's all like you know one card will have the letter really big or one color will have the letters like or oh my one god card, i love know, that love it. it's really cool but it's been out of print forever because i don't think she's not like a deck maker right. she just is an interior design person who made a playing card deck once so i think i paid like 30 dollars for that one on ebay but i must have looked for it like on and off for at least three or four months before it ever came on ebay right so but for a playing card deck that's a lot you a new tarot deck is 40 bucks minimum probably totally you no know? so it's like i don't know and also i feel like playing card decks it's like if i spent 30 bucks on them i could also invite people over to play cards and yes <laughs> play true. cards like they still have uses beyond like my tarot deck not being used is just sitting there right it's not like you can be like oh here use this for a week and give it back to me like i don't know
0: that's so true i need to start hosting like poker games
1: i so i really got into like so do you know about so you know u.s games like monopoly and risk and stuff Mm -hmm. once you're winning everyone else is losing right mm-hmm. so there's a huge playing car or a huge board game like I don't know fascination in like Germany so the, all the German strategy games have been designed so that when like say you win three other people were one point away from winning're like close oh yeah they're way more competitive so this the game that kind of kicked off this thing is called settlers of Catan. Um, And it's like a tiles game and you have, you're building little villages and cities and roads and everyone else is building cities and villages and roads too. Right. But you have to use these resources and basically you have to trade. Like you will never win without trading because you're not going to get the resources you need on your own, but the other people also need to trade. Right. And so sometimes you're giving up a resource that is going to help them win, but otherwise you're not going to win. Right. And when he started designing the game, he was living like in some small town with his family and he designed the game and they would start playing on Friday night. Right. And he's like, and then I noticed my son is like playing with cars under the table or my wife's secretly reading a book. So I'm like, got to change it. And he eventually like one night he looked around and he was like, nobody's doing anything else. Like I've made the game competitive enough that everyone's involved. So like all the German strategy games are like that. So I have a friend who's really into them. And for a while, a friend of his who owns like, thousands of games i would go to his game night and it's like he would just be like okay how many people do we have okay so you guys want to play a six person game you guys play a four and you guys play and he would just like bring out these games and it's insane like i mean it makes tarot look like nothing because like you know games are like (laughs) these big old boxes they have all these parts um but for a while i was going to game nights for that um and those are really fun But I always wanted to just have like a weekly poker game or a weekly, you know, when I was a kid, I had a friend whose parents played Canasta, which is a two deck game. Um, I had learned to play it then. I would have to be retaught now. But even just having people over to play like cribbage, right? Like that's so fun. Cards are just you're talking, right? Cards are just like a vehicle for you to like sit and have a conversation with your friends and your hands are busy while you're doing it.
0: Yes. Oh, I love that idea. And then, you know, you still, you can use the playing cards for yourself later. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) How'd tonight go? (laughs) Okay, so last question. I feel like I could talk to you forever. You're a wealth (laughs) of information. (laughs) What are your favorite books? They could be tarot related or not. Um,
1: Okay, well, I just finished this um, three book YA fantasy series by Holly Black. Um, I think it's called... Hold on, is it called the queen of the air hold on let me look it up um so the first book came out maybe a year ago or a year and a half ago it was called the cruel prince and then the second book is called the wicked king i think um oh it's called the folk of the air it's three books the folk of the air so it's about the this girl and her sister who basically when they were little kids um, this fairy general came into the real world and killed their parents. Ah. And because he killed their parents, it was his responsibility to raise them then. So he took them back to fairy. So they've lived in fairy their whole life, right? And so they've been um, like going to school with the sons and daughters of fairies, you know, of a similar age, except they're human and everyone else is a fairy, right? So they're not really treated well by the other kids, um, and they're they start, muggles yeah but they're very like one of them definitely wants to like live her life in fairy um and they're very like because and the guy that is there that killed their parents that they live with now right is a general who like he's called a red cap so he has this felt cap and whenever he kills someone he dips it in their blood Ooh. <laughs> So dark so <laughs> yeah so they've been brought up by him right so jude the main character like has learned to fight So as they get to be teens and as the sons and daughters of like the princes and, you know, princesses of fairy become more cruel to them, Jude's like, I'm not taking this line down anymore. Right. So it turns into sort of like a palace kind of intrigue, right? Like who's going to be the king of the fairies is kind of under flux and stuff. And then you have these two human girls that are kind of in the center of it. Um, It was really amazing. It's called, the first one is The Cruel Prince, The Wicked King, and then, um, what's the third one called? The Queen of Nothing. So those were awesome. Um, And I've read, okay, so there's this thing called The Tournament of Books. It's on that site, The Morning News, which is just like one of those random websites that, it's not really like a newspaper, but it prints, you know, general sort of articles about what's going on in the world. And they started this thing called the Tournament of Books. It's probably been like 10 or 15 years now. Basically, it's like March Madness. So, oh, that's so yeah. fun. Yeah. So in the beginning of March, they have 16 books. They have them in brackets. Every weekday, a, a judge, so, and the judges are usually like novelists and critics. Um, every weekday, the judge has read two books, and they basically write an essay about the two books, and at the end, they pick a winner, and that book advances, right? Right. Um, and so it, it goes until there's like a winner. Um, and so they, they put out their long list in December and then, or actually maybe November. And then in December last year, they put out their short list. So every year I try to read, um, I don't know, as many books as I can from that 16. Um, so a lot of my favorite books this year, um, came from that, um, like books that I wouldn't have heard about elsewhere. Sometimes they're by, um the authors are people of color or people that aren't as widely known. But there will also be like, I don't know, the same people that you've heard of um, you know, that are winning the booker prize and stuff like that. Like sometimes books like that are in it too. Um but that's like a really and that's so I'm such I,
0: a great resource.
1: Oh, and it's amazing. Like the articles like, every day. I mean, even if you haven't read the books, like you're just like on tenterhooks, you know, like the judge is like, well, this book, you know, it was really good for me personally because of this situation and that, and this book was so cold and angry, but in the end that was the book that, had, you know, and like, it's like set up almost like it's a battle or something. That's um, so fun. Yeah. And one of their books called Speak No Evil that I actually read in January because it was like one of the first books I read on the list last year. Um, that was one of my favorite books of this year. Um, there was a book called, um, I don't know, like all I do is read. Like I have I love a, that. yeah, I have a shirt that says like sleep, eat, read. And I was wearing it at school one day. And like one kid was like, what does that say? Eat, sleep, read. And another kid goes, that be all she do.
0: <laughs> That's so cute.
1: Like, all right, you know me, it's fine. Um, so I probably actually, um, Susanna Conway, she's like this online. I don't know, like a positivity person. She has this free workbook every every December called Unraveling Your Year. I don't know. It's it's a little too touchy feely for me. um, But she's. I'm doing her on my other Instagram. I'm doing her like December reflections. And one day, and it's just like a picture for the word she says every day, right? And one day, the last week, the thing was best book of 2019. But I had to post five. (laughs) And then I posted another post with nine more that were my backups to those five. I love that. Yeah, I'm not very good at pinning that down. It's like I could give you a list of, like, books to read. But saying, like, what my favorite book is is, like... Yeah, what's your favorite of all time? Oh. So there's this... Okay, A.S. buy It is a... um, English writer, she's very academic. Like, a lot of times her books are about professors and stuff. Um, And there's definitely some books of hers that I don't think are worth reading, but she wrote this book called Possession. And it's about two modern day professors, right? And they both study poets that are from the same um, kind of time period, but they hate each other, right? Like, they've been at conferences and, like, whatever. Anyways, they, for some reason, I can't remember why, they're somewhere. And they find these secret letters that show that these two poets they've been studying had this, like, secret love affair back in the day, like, in the, like, 1800s or something. And then, of course, they start having a love affair. And the book is back and forth between, like, the modern day and the old ones. And not only did it write the book, right, but she wrote poems by all these people. Aww. So, like, you're reading the poems, and then they're reading the letters. So it's one of those books that's very, like, meta, because it's got, like – the poems of the people from the 1800s and then the letters they wrote each other and then the things that are happening now and then the imagine like it's all these. Ooh, and I like, like that. Yeah, and it's amazing. And they made a movie of it Um, that's not very good. It's okay. um, But you should read the book. It's
0: called Possession. The book I, is I always better.
1: It. Oh, yeah. And it's like some of the stuff they did in the movie, like it was fun to watch the movie and be like, oh, that was a cool way to interpret it. But in the end, you're not getting the poems and the letters the way that you're getting the book, right? And it's kind of like, um, the poet back in the day, the girl poet from earlier kind of is like Christina Rossetti kind of, so like kind of creepy death Halloweeny poem. Ooh, love that. Yeah. But it's cool because they're like, as they start to kind of unravel this mystery, you know, they're like driving around the English countryside and going to stay in these like old houses and, and they're academics, right? So it's like, I didn't want to be a college professor, but I have my master's so like i've always kind of read a lot of those kind of heavy literary books you know like that have a lot of those layers oh, oh and then and
0: potatoes yeah.
1: and then there's also maggie C. Fader, the author i mentioned at the very beginning that did the raven's prophecy tarot she has a standalone book called the scorpio races and she's now mm. doing a tarot for that so she's doing a second tarot deck sadly i I don't like the images for the new one, so I'm probably not going to get it. But this is a book about an island. It sounds kind of like, I think, I'm not sure if it's a real island or not. I think I looked it up once. It's kind of sounds like Ireland or something around there, right? And it's this island where every year these mythical kind of water horses come out of the sea. And if you capture one and ride it in the races, the Scorpio races in November... You could win, but also the horse might just eat you, and you might die.
0: Ooh, extra, so <laughs> extra so it's, about, there. So it's about a boy that a boy who
1: was brought up in this racing world. His dad, I think, got killed by a water horse. He now works for like this rich rancher guy, um, and so he is his like his life stream is to get one of those horses to win the race. And then there's this girl that lives in the town who like. I think their parents have both died and she's got a brother and sister and they're kind of penniless and about to like lose everything. And she has like a random old horse. And so she decides to run in those races too. So she's running like a regular old horse against like these water horses that are like these mythological creatures. Um, And it's amazing because it's never, it never has a fantasy element the way like nobody's turning into a werewolf. There aren't any witches, right? There's nothing outright except for these water horses that you could literally say can't be true, right? Um, And it's got all this, like, I don't know, all this cool stuff about freedom and flight and, like, this little town that kind of exists for these races every November.
0: Oh, that sounds so fun
1: really cool. It's kind of deep. It's a really deep book, but yeah, she's, she started a tarot deck for it. And at first it was, she started in like one art style and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then she switched art styles and then it just became, I don't know, it's got like people and animals, but she, I think it's again, very writer waite smith and some of the people in it are like people from the book and I don't know one of my friends that also has read the book um, whose kid is actually named Ronan after a character in one of Steve Fader's novels and her Raven books. She's like, keeps sending me things like, Oh, did you see the more cards for the Scorpio tarot? And I'm just like, I don't don't like them. And I love that author. Right. And the Raven's prophecy. Like I love everything about it. So I'm like kind of sad, but you know, not every deck is for every person. (laughs) Sure. You can't have them all you know, it's fine. She'll make plenty of money off it. I'm just not for me.
0: (laughs) Okay. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can chat with you, because I feel like you're a wealth of information. I I was really
1: nervous about doing this. You're very sly with your questioning. Um, (laughs) My Instagram handle is Duff Tarot, D-U-F-F Tarot. Um, It's kind of a weird story, but there was this boy that I was really good friends with, um, like in my early thirties when I lived in New York and me and him were always kind of hanging out at work and stuff. And he lived with like three other guys and I called him one day and his roommate said like, Oh, it's that Duff girl on the phone or something. And somehow it just became this name. And like, I put it on like my birthday invitations were to come to Duff's birthday and everything. Right. And years later, someone was like, you know, that stands for dumb, ugly, fat friend. Right.
0: Oh my God! Like, what? <laughs> like, his roommates were calling me dumb, ugly, fat friends. Uh. And,
1: like, and like, what did that them say? And he was like, he said it was like a Duff girl called or something. And like, I don't know if he knew that that's what it was and just didn't tell me. I don't know, but at that time, at that point, it had become like a name. <laughs> like, like I don't now enjoy. it's my thing. <laughs> Yeah, like, I had joined Twitter as Duff. Like, people have tried to, like, steal my name on Twitter like, break into my account because, like, they want that name, which is whatever, because they have that last name or something. But I'm like, I had begun using it for everything because it just was funny to me. Like, and he would always be like, so then, like, we had mutual friends who would be like, oh, Duff, what's up? And then, like, yeah, years later, someone's like, that's dumb, ugly, fat friend.
0: <laughs> like... <laughs> Is that what he thought about
1: Oh, fuck him. <laughs> his roommates. I mean, I think it was his roommates thing, but I don't know. I like, I thought those guys were fun. I thought they liked me. I thought we were friends. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. I love it anyway.
0: I love that you once, still use it.
1: Well, you know, once you have like an online thing, it's like, I don't know. Originally, you know, you want all your stuff to have the same name and then... I was distancing this from other stuff, but I don't know.
0: You can always change it if you want.
1: <laughs> I get really con- Do you get really confused when you're like on Insta and like you're looking in your stream and you're like, who, what, who is, why is this person in my stream? And then you eventually figure out that like, they, they changed,
0: changed
1: it. it. No, but I like mean, going people change their- it all the
0: time. I like it. Always catches
1: me off guard. I'm like,
0: who is this? Why is this picture here? I mean, it's an evolution, right? You change <laughs> careers, you change your Instagram name. Yeah, I don't know. Something to think about.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I hope you make more decks because I love your oracle. Depth. Oh my god! Thank you so, so much. You were so supportive. It. You need to promote it. I know. I, know I get how. so shy. I'm like, oh, it's not that good. It's okay.
1: I mean, I guess it's really hard to, like, put a deck out there and stuff. I
0: don't know. It is. I think and so. I,
1: but I also see feel like you see decks just, like, sweep the online world, right? Like. Totally. Somehow, somehow you get it to the right people and all of a sudden it's just, like, everyone and their mother wants it, you know? I think everybody and their mother might <laughs> like it, right? I mean, seriously, tune into the frequency of, like, I love that prompt. I just think it gives you, and I love that it's, like, the same picture, right? So it's, like, it's just the radio, that it's what you make of it. You didn't interpret it for people. You weren't, totally. like, tune into the frequency of spirit, looks like this, right. and tune into, right? Like, it's open, so it's, like what do you want to feel with that I mean I like using that one I've used some others too but I like just saying like okay tune into the frequency of this and then I pull out some other cards and go how do I do that And like yes
0: I love it in conjunction with other cards
1: yeah and you know it's got that nice white background so it looks good with white background cards it does (laughs) so it looks really good with playing cards
0: uh, oh, thank you so much for doing this. You're so amazing. I want to talk with you all the time. Thanks for making me do it. Oh my god, you are you're just so easy to talk to. Yeah, might be a teacher
1: thing. might be nerves.
0: I love it either way. I am all about it. You're perfect for a podcast. Let me tell you.
1: Thanks for the opportunity and I look forward to seeing you on Instagram. Same.
0: Millions of peaches, peaches for you guys so much for listening to today's episode of blind love radio connect with carolyn on instagram at duff tarot and connect with me your lovely host on the gram at blind love tarot and if you enjoyed this podcast it would mean a lot to me it would mean the whole world to me if you would rate and review the pod it is just maze balls, and it helps other people find the podcast. It gives me encouraging words to help me continue. That I know people are getting something out of this because sometimes it just feels like I'm talking into a mic. But I really do love doing this, and I'm really, really, really grateful that you are listening. Um. And that's it. I hope you guys are having an amazing Aquarius season. I hope you had a fabulous Aquarius new moon. I hope it was peaceful. And like I hope all new moons should be, right? Some are a little more intense than others. But yeah, now I'm just rambling. I feel like that's a little bit Aquarian um that's it guys i love you guys a lot i'm sending you lots of smooches I'm moving to until the next country, time i'm gonna eat me a lot Mwah. of peaches i'm moving to the country i'm gonna eat a lot of peaches i'm moving to the country i'm gonna eat a lot of peaches